0: All right. Hey, so how many of y'all appreciate prayer? Literally, I mean, literally, how many you are grateful for prayer? Amen? Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, I've just had so many great opportunities to kind of experience it, be a part of it. Uh, so many little cliche sayings. We talk about, you know, the difference between worry and prayer is what? Who you're talking to, man. At any point in time, if God's given you the faith, to pray you can pray before you get saved it's foolishness to believe in fact people who aren't believers to them it's foolishness according to 1 Corinthians to think that it's more than just a religious ritual but let me ask you a question how many of y'all know it is more than a religious ritual man it's intimacy with God and we're going to talk a little more about that today um, we are still in the book of Ephesians and um, but we're not going to be there today and uh, we're uh, we, we ended the armor of God. And uh, my family knows anytime we do mission work, anytime that we talk about the armor of God, we talk about warfare, anytime we teach those subjects in scripture that are not like worthy things, you know, little nuggets, any of this stuff, we know there's going to be attack. We know we're going to have a chance to actually apply it and praise God, man, how God grows us through those different things. And so, as we finish up this armor of God, you know it ended with the two offensive weapons, really, that we have. The main offensive weapon, which is the the Machaira sword, the the sword of the Spirit. But then he says, praying always. Again, I used this illustration last week, week before. Um, Chris, you got dressed today, right? Oh my goodness, y'all didn't all sleep in those matching shirts last night, did you? So you got dressed this morning. What part of your body did you use more than anything to put your clothes on? Let me ask you all, what part of your body do you use? Use your hands. Can you, imagine I, can you imagine getting dressed without hands? That is like putting on the armor of God without prayer. Prayer is how you put on every single piece of armor. And prayer is how we live. When, in fact, according to scripture, when are we supposed to be praying? Always. always. We live in a state of prayer, not that like, oh, I didn't hear you. Oh, you know, that's not it. We're always in a position where, man, we can throw it up to God. We're always in a position where we can bring somebody to God. We're always in a position to hear from God because prayer is talking and hearing from Him. And in fact, when we do finish the book of Ephesians, which next week I believe God will think preaching this week. Am I cutting out? Do I have battery issues? Or all right. Anyways. Um where was I at? No, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so when I was going to finish up the part on prayer where Paul says, hey, this is how you guys pray for me. This is how I want you praying for me. This is how I want you praying for the saints. Hopefully we get to that next week when we get in, uh, get back into Ephesians. But, but man, this week, um, he, he really put on my heart Matthew chapter six and, and also Luke chapter 11. We're, not gonna, we're just going to look at Matthew six. But when we get done with Ephesians, I believe the book we're going to study next is the book of Luke. And if you know anything about the four Gospels, so the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew was a Jew writing to the Jews predominantly. There's something in all of these books for us, but he was predominantly writing to the Jews, and he's got all the lineage, all the prophecy, all the stuff, to show the Jews that Jesus Christ is King of the Jews. All right? That's the purpose of Matthew. Mark was probably written by Peter, who was this uneducated fisherman guy that had a scribe named Mark, a guy who was educated, who could kind of write his version. And he was writing it to the Romans, kind of an action-packed gospel. Mark's the shortest gospel. Mark is like, and immediately this happened, and immediately this happened, and immediately, because the Romans could care less about lineage and heritage and prophecy. They're like, what the heck can Jesus do for me now? What is Jesus all about? And it was like, boom, boom, boom. And so Peter gave his rendition to Mark, and Mark wrote that. And it's a short, action-packed gospel that we can look at. Luke, anybody all know, what was Luke's job? He's a doctor. Now, that doesn't mean he was due dude who sewed your stitches up, and or back then, I guess they used le- leeches and stuff. and what, I don't know what they used. But that's, that's the doctor just meant he was an educated guy. He was the most educated guy in society, period. He's one, maybe the only dude who could write, the only dude who could do this, do this. And so, in, but he was a physical doctor also. In fact, if you're ever wondering in scripture, man, where was that story? And there's a lot of detail about physical, the physical aspect of the miracle or the healing. It's probably in the Gospel of Luke. Luke was Greek and Luke was writing to the Greeks who cared about nothing but the perfect human. He was trying to describe who the perfect human... Y'all see Greek statues, right? What's this one called? Yeah, the thinker, right? You know, they got all the physique, all the pictures. I mean, obviously, I'm not a very good example of that. But, um, but man, it's like they, they were looking for the perfect human, the perfect thinker, the perfect mind, the perfect philosophy, the perfect body, all these things. So in Luke's version of the gospel account of showing who Jesus is as a perfect man... Guess what he shows Jesus doing more than any of the other gospel accounts? Just take a guess. Praying, Praying. yes. In fact, almost always, if you want to find, where was that prayer? Where was that prayer? Mm, When Jesus prayed this or when they prayed that, where was, it's in the gospel. When Jesus is praying, man, it's, it's almost all of them are recorded in the gospel of Luke because he's saying, dude, to be the perfect human, which none of us are going to be, we got to have that intimate relationship with God the Father. In fact, let me ask you a question. Jesus, when he was on this earth, 100% man, 100% God, when was he in contact with God the Father? When was he having an intimate relationship with God the Father? Always, except the one time on the cross when he was up there and he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because it was at that point that God took all the sins of the world as future chunked them on Jesus, as Isaiah says, man, he pounded Jesus with all those sins, and for the first time in eternity, and the only time he was separated from God the Father Almighty. Other than that, he was in perfect relationship with him. So when could Jesus throw up a prayer? Always. It was almost like, y'all have the earbuds, right? And when you got earbuds on, you're in that perfect relationship with your phone, aren't you? (laughs) Right? How many of y'all have a perfect relationship with your phone? Through your earbuds, right? Just walk around and somebody, oh, somebody called me. Oh, there it is. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I need to call somebody. So, you know, whatever. I don't have them, dude. I got old school with wires, man. And um, But I'm just saying, that's a good illustration. If someone wanted to call you and you had your earbuds on and had them in, dude, you're not missing a call, are you? That's the relationship that we're talking about with prayer as a born-again believer we're supposed to be having with God. Always have your earbuds in and have them on. So that when God wants to talk, man, uh, you can talk, and, and I guess with those earbuds, man, you can you can hear and you can talk, right? That's prayer. That's and that's what he shows us in the Gospel of Luke. So when we get to that, we're gonna see, we're going to see that that um, uh, that Jesus had constant fellowship with God the Father, and because of what he did on the cross. When the veil was ripped from the top to the bottom into the Holy of Holies, he gave us instant, always access to him. Earbuds, man. God, that's Holy Spirit right there. Y'all remember that because I didn't come here thinking about earbuds, but that, that, that's it. That's our perfect prayer with God. He's given us access to him all the time. Can you imagine a holy, righteous, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God giving us access can you imagine that? And, and, and Sean, can you imagine not wanting it? <laughs> no. It, 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 and that's what prayer is. The more we know about prayer, the more we use it, the more we can experience that intimacy there. Man, some of the times, the, the man, it has been overwhelming, awesome in an overwhelming way. All of you who did know, and even as you did get to know about Emily and what was going on, how many people were... I told Emily every day, I'm like, I don't know anybody that is not praying for you right now. You know, Pickleball Ralph, dude, how many of y'all were praying for Pickleball Ralph? all while he was gone, right? He's here. Yeah, man. That's the beauty of this fellowship of being able to pray for each other. You know what's a beautiful thing, Tiny? Man, when I'm back there in that little emergency room and I'm like, you know, looking at my daughter's leg all flapped open, looking like it'd gone through a meat grinder, you know, and uh, I mean, I butcher meat, and, you know, I'm just like, Whoo-hoo! and and in all of this, and and again, and a text from Benjamin, hey, we're all outside, we're praying, man, we're all outside and we're praying. Y'all were all out there praying. I praise God. He put all of the commu- the community together. Not, not. We have this community, but at that point in the water, he put a community. You guys, I know you don't want any credit. You guys saved my daughter's life. Praise God, he had you together. But not just your physical life, man. Y'all were there praying. You know how important that is to a dad, to anybody that you have your your family surrounded and protected with people who see life from God's perspective. That's no accident, but it happens because y'all believe it. Tiny, y'all believe in prayer, right? You do? You really? It's not just like, oh, crap, we got to pray now. <laughs> oh, oh, we're getting ready. To eat. Oh, wait, wait. We, uh, how many of y'all ever seen people do this? Uh, you're getting ready to eat lunch, right? It's like, oh, we forgot to pray. <laughs> like the food. Well, if you don't pray, right? It's like, oh, we got. No, no, you don't look at prayer that way. It's like, thank God for this. Hey, the first thing, person we go to when something's going down is who? God. And that's what prayer is. That's the spirit, how we're supposed to live as believers. What a privilege to have that intimate relationship with God Almighty. And I'm grateful because as soon as I got out of the emergency uh, out of that emergency room, as I took her back into surgery, I walked out. And guess what? There's a whole group of guys. Uh, you know, I got Devin and Duder back there. Duder, tell me your whole name, your real name, like now. Nicholas, y'all help me remember. Every time I say Duder, everybody say Nicholas. Let's try that. Duder. There we go. I got it now, Nicholas. Saint Nick. Old Saint. Dude, you should have seen the wetsuit he showed up in, man. I'm like, and, and these guys are in wetsuits. They're all in. what, Man, but you know what? We walked out. We walked out there and guess what they did? We prayed. Man, there's nothing like talking to God Almighty. When things are good, when things are rough, at any point in time, to get God's perspective on things. That's why we pray. We're going to see this in the scripture here. Prayer is crucial. It is valuable. In fact, it blew me away when we talked about Milt when I announced last week with Judy and Charlie sitting right here that, man, their lifelong friend of 50, 60 years, man, he passed away. But you guys gave him the privilege of praying for your prayer request in the last season of his life. And do you understand? And according to the book of Revelation, that your prayers are collected there. When you pray, it's showing your dependence on God, and the angels are worshiping God because you're trusting God, and that's a, a they're learning about God's grace by your prayers. And then later, you praying that we're all gonna worship together, all of that. Every time you pray, you're giving the angels in heaven an opportunity to worship, but later we're all gonna worship and celebrate. The prayers, because when we pray, we're saying, God, it's in your hands. We know it's in your hands. So give everyone an opportunity to worship and pray. You can pray about anything. You can pray about everything, but pray. And Milton, you guys remember? Anybody remember his famous saying? Well, I don't know why everybody doesn't pray, because it's free. That's what he'd say in Bible study. That's all I remember from Milton, man. If something happened really good He'd be like, well, of course it happened. They prayed. It was free. And it was like, said something didn't work out. Like, well, of course it didn't work out. Didn't pray. I don't understand why they don't pray. Because it's free. free." What a great deal. Tell me you know of a better deal than prayer. You got a better deal than prayer? No. Oh, I got a great deal on this doctor over here. He sews things up half price, man. And and he gets antibiotics from, like, you know, this, like, secondhand. No, dude, prayer's free. Pray. And can anybody accomplish more than an omniscient, omnipresent God, omnipotent God? And you have access to him. Prayer is free. Use it. It's it's perfect. And so in that, the the number of people, after I told you Milton's saying, the number of you that came back and responded and said, man, I have not gotten that out of my mind. Prayer is free. In his last season, he got to so many of you. And so many are like, yeah, I was just thinking prayer is free. I ought to pray. And you text me, you told me the results, man. There's an impact in that. Prayer is what we do. So in this, Jesus, when he came to earth in the Sermon on the Mount, he was trying to teach people, this is how you pray, guys. And, and, And in fact, in Luke chapter 11, we have an idea that Jesus taught the same thing over and over again in many, many places. because there's different little renditions. In Luke, it it actually says in Luke 11 that one time he was sitting around with his disciples and they were like, hey, Jesus, can you teach us to pray like John taught his disciples? And he's like, yeah, here's how you pray. That's Luke's version in Luke 11. You go to Matthew 6, it's a little bit different, but it's the same thing. And actually start because in Luke, in Matthew chapter 6, he actually says, you know, there's three religious things. There's like, there's this fasting Um, you know, there's giving, and there's praying. And and, you know, the Pharisees got this all wrong. (laughs) They got it all wrong. They're the religious leaders, and they got it wrong. And I want to show you how to do this. And we're not going to go over all those. We're just going to go over the praying part. And then next, week, hopefully get into Ephesians and understand better what Paul meant when he said, Hey, this is what it means to pray and supplicate for your brothers and sisters. And this is how specifically to pray for me. So if you would, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. And uh, we're going to look at a few verses here. And I am in the ESV. You can be in whatever version you want to be in. Uh, That's what we'll have right up here. Um, But in this, Jesus was speaking to the people and he said, and when you pray. Hey, so how many of y'all think prayer is important? You think it's important? How many of y'all think it's important to know what Jesus thinks about praying? Yeah, we read books on all these things, but this is what Jesus says when we pray. He said, and when you pray. Oh, look, hey, Bob, uh, what's the difference between if and when? If is, yeah, it might not happen, right? But when means what? You're going to do it, right? And so look what he says, and when you pray. So I don't want you to raise your hand, but if you've never prayed, dude, Jesus is waiting on you. I'm just saying. He said, when you pray. It's almost, it's expected. It's what we do. We pray. And how many of y'all, I'm not trying to like, oh, I get your brownie points with God. How many of y'all prayed this week? How many of y'all prayed today? How many of y'all have been praying since we've been here? Saying, God, don't let me miss my lunch appointment. He's only got this much more time right here. Yeah, yeah. God, oh Scott's over there praying, let me let me sleep like an army man and look like I'm awake. <laughs> but yeah, we pray. God'll straighten your heathen prayers out, Scott, no problem, bro. <laughs> All right. But we pray. So he says, when you pray, it's given. You're gonna pray. And, and even if you're praying about the wrong thing, who better to talk you out of doing something stupid than God? Or being or you know, thinking the wrong way than God. Have the conversation. You don't have to get it all straight and squared away before you talk to him. Just talk to him. And we went over that a little bit a couple of weeks ago. When you pray, he says, don't be like the hypocrites. (laughs) Don't be like, how many of y'all are like, no, I'm gonna be just like a hypocrite. (laughs) You know what the hypocrites were? Originally, the Greek word, it was an actor. They had a screen out there, like a stage. And behind it, they had all kinds of masks. And the actor would go out and put, he would put a mask on, he, and maybe it's a female mask, and he'd be all female and play that role, come back, switch masks, put on a sad face and, oh, I'm sad. Then come back out, and put a happy face, put a whatever. But he would put on different faces and come out. And that's what the original word hypocrite means. It means that you're actually portraying that you're something that you're not. But later, the word kind of really came to mean somebody who just saw the world as their stage. Get that? They just see the world as their stage. They see the business world as their stage. They see their social world as their stage. They see social media as their stage. And what you're going to do if you see it as your stage, you're going to be what anybody else wants you to be or what, you're going to, what you need to be to accomplish what you think you want to be instead of who you really are. So to not be a hypocrite, you need to be who you really are. If What you see is what you get. And if you go out in public and it's not what you what people should see, guess what? You should do what? You should change. (laughs) You know, I had more people at my house this week. My house is kind of my place, my little private place to kind of hang out, dude, and you know, and just relax. And 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 honestly, how many times I apologize, Tiny, to y'all, Skylar, man, y'all come over. I'm like, dude, I am sorry, I'm being grumpy. This is who I am right now. And it doesn't mean i got to be grumpy. It means God's got to change me. Right now, life is not about me. It's about Emily. Even though Emily is sitting in my lazy boy recliner right now. And you know how long she has been sitting? I'm OCD. I get little places in life that this is my space. And it's got to be the way I want. Anybody else identify with that? you got to have your little space in life. I got home it, when they got Emily home from the hospital, guess where she was at? My lazy boy recliner. But there's no place else for her. So if it's about me, then, mm, even though I may not say it on the outside, I mean, if I'm saying it on the inside, guess what comes out on the outside? Hence, that's what we call grumpy, right? But then God reminds me, it's not like I got a kicker. I, I could go to Goodwill and buy her a whole new lazy boy recliner. Maybe that's what I should do, but... And Emily, I'm just using this illustration. I really don't want my recliner back. In fact, I'm going to disinfect it and put it out by the curb like Christmas story. Th- All right, look, <laughs> now I'm messing with it. She's been in that recliner a long time, man. But I'm just saying that's, but if it's my recliner and this is my space and this is my time and this is my, and there's been some times this week, right, Benjamin? Where y'all come over to just visit and be nice and go see her and I'm just like, did you know and it's not that i don't love you it's just but i was but whenever life becomes about me what do i have to do to make it about somebody else Pray. pray and then god convicts you and conviction is good because god loves you too much to leave you in your selfish state that you are in god wants to change you and so he wants to he wants to make you more like him and Christ was not selfish at all. And so when there's conviction, you pray, and God changes you. How many of y'all have selfish moments? And how many of y'all people you could call and say, oh, this, this, no, oh, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's all about you right now, right? Don't we have, no. That's the difference when we call on God. God's like, really? I bought you with a price. You're a tool that I want to use in this way. And, 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 and you know what, right now, you're not being used that way. <laughs> I want to change you. So again, man, I'm just saying, so if you come over to visit Emily, come over. Maybe God is using you to work on me. You just got to put up with me being, what what you see is what you get. You may not get my church face, but but more than likely, most of the time, if you're with me, you get the same thing because if, if what you see is wrong, do I need to figure out how better to be a hypocrite and put on a church face at those times? No, you know what I need to do? I need to figure out how to be right with God when? All the time. Because every single thing God puts in your life is there for a reason. It is to make you more like him and to bring glory. Man, back in the, I don't know if y'all grew up in the 90s when I was a youth pastor, man, and they started making these little cheap, cheesy Christian movies. And one of them I remember that I bought and I showed and all this stuff. It was where people had a church, their church face. It was the church mask. And everybody would be in the car driving, and then, all right, everybody, we're getting in the church parking lot, and then everybody grabbed their little church mask, and they'd put it on, right? Or they would go back, and they'd be at work, all right, well, I'm going to a meeting now. put No, that's a hypocrite. Any of y'all identify with that? He said, don't be like the hypocrites. What you see is what you get, and if you don't like what you're seeing, then make sure somebody gets something else. Let God change you, Amen. It's not just diapers that need to be changed. It's us. And for the same reason, I'm just saying. How many of y'all know the person next to you needs to be changed? No, 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 don't do that. (laughs) How many of y'all know that you need to be changed? Yeah, we need to be changed. And prayer is the most powerful vehicle we can have to change. Because you can have a conversation with God and Oh my goodness, he is brutally honest, but he's not as honest as he could be because he could dump it all on you at one time if he wanted, and it'd be quite overwhelming. He's only working out one little aspect at a time. So when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. And this is what they, they, they had their form of prayer that made them look spiritual. I'm a praying man. This is how, oh, give me your prayer request. Let me pray for you. And, but it was all external. There was nothing internal about it. It wasn't about them changing. It was about them putting on a facade. For they loved to stand and pray in the synagogues. Is there anything wrong with praying in public? No. In fact, this little section right here, you know what Jesus is really saying, Sam? He's saying, if you ain't been praying in private, don't be praying in public. (laughs) If you ain't been praying in private, don't be praying in public. You know, you got to pray in private to get that, have that relationship with God. And you pray in private, you pray in private. then when you have the opportunity to pray in public, man, you'll still be praying to God and not to the people. I'll never forget when I first became a Christian and they would have a deacon rotation list of who prayed for this and who prayed for this. Right. Oh, the offertory. And I'll never forget. It's like, okay, George, it's your you're up for the offertory prayer. Oh, man, me again. I don't even forget different times when I'd go to lunch with people and they're okay, All right. Let's play rock, paper, scissors. Oh, you got to pray for lunch. Like, wait, what? Have any of y'all been around people that didn't like to pray and they only did it out of obligation? I'm seriously. Have y'all ever seen that in church world? If you haven't, that's good. That's really good, but it goes on. And, and some forms of it go on in our life. When I'm supposed to pray. Well, you know, have you ever been asked to pray? How many of y'all ever freaked out because I said, hey, can you pray for, pray for our Bible sleep? Like, <laughs> How many of y'all like... Yeah. And then, and then you're like, okay, so how did that spiritual person pray? Okay. Oh, dearest goddess, almightiest, <laughs> you You break out that whole King James English thing, right? You know, cause that sounds spiritual, right? You know, we lovest thouest the mostest and we pray as thouest. You know, I mean, yeah, it's like, no, dude, can you imagine God's laughing? You are entertaining him at that point in time. I'm telling you. All right. That's not what it's about. He said, man, Don't be like the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray. They love, oh, me? It's my turn to pray? Woo, I'm going to drop some theology on people right now. I'm going to preach a whole message in my prayer. I'm not talking to you, God. I'm talking to them. But thanks for giving me the opportunity to do that, right? No, that's not what prayer is for. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners. And in fact, there really wasn't a tradition of people standing on the street corner praying. Jesus is kind of saying, yeah, they just want to grab a megaphone and want to be heard. They want to be seen. They want to be heard because they want people to think they are spiritual. Man, when we come to God. When you stand before an almighty, righteous God, anybody read the book of Isaiah? When God hit Isaiah and said, okay, Isaiah, I mean, what did Isaiah, how did he even respond? Y'all remember? Oh, God, I'm so, un- I'm broken. When you see yourself in front of a holy, righteous, almighty God, man, you're broken, but you don't stay that way. He takes gold filigree and puts you back together, and you're more beautiful than you ever were before you got on your knees to pray. You're broken. He says, man, they love to stand on the street corners. They they love to have a megaphone. They want Keone and I, oh, Keone's down there now we were walking through walmart on his birthday we we're walking through at thrift stores all over the place we had an adventure man it was good god hooked us up with some cool stuff but man he's like what's that i said oh because all the stuff's coming out for black friday that's coming up I said, oh, that's a karaoke machine. He's like, what's that? And I said, oh, dude. I said, your mom, we bought one of these for your mom, man. She drove us nuts with this thing. It was awesome. She's up here now because she had a karaoke machine. So if I get get Keone a karaoke machine, y'all, know it is in love. And Yeah want to carry the yeah the pharisees wanted a karaoke machine they could take it anywhere hey everybody listen i'm gonna pray that's not what it's for so look what he says man that they may be seen by others truly i say to you they've received the reward if you're doing it because you have to you're doing it because you want other people to see you you're doing it because if it's a facade because it's who you seem to be he said that's all the reward you got but if you're doing it because of int- you want intimacy with me, then you get intimacy with me. How many of y'all would rather have intimacy with God than everybody saying, ooh, boy, he can pray good? <laughs> and again, it doesn't mean we don't pray in public. There's plenty of examples of public prayer. But it's really, the best way I can put it, if you ain't praying in private, don't be praying in public, <laughs> Because it's praying in private where you develop that intimacy with God Almighty. And if, and, and, and if you get a bunch of people, have you ever been in a real prayer meeting? Not a gossip session. Oh, dear God, and please bless Effie who just can't get rid of them bunions. <laughs> you know? And old George, her husband's got hemorrhoids again. I told him they need to follow in the Lord Jesus Christ and they wouldn't have them problems. I, uh, no, uh, some of y'all are laughing because you've been there. You were a secretary at a church, weren't you? And you wrote the prayer list out. So we had to purge people off of that prayer list. Like, well, didn't Bunyan's ever go away, Effie? No, you had them about 20 years, but um, yeah, man, it's... Anyway, <laughs> that's your reward. It's about an intimacy with God, God Almighty. Truly, I say, they received their reward. Look at this next part right here. So when you pray, he says, go into your room. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Have you ever been in a group of people that are truly praying and they're filled with the Spirit? They're, and I'm not talking about you know tongues and all this. I'm just talking about people who are sharing their heart. They're praying their heart and they're pouring it out to God. And you're with that group of people. And all of you are pouring your heart out to And Have you ever been in a prayer time with that? That, that's what was happening outside the hospital. And you know what? Nobody cared. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, somebody going to see us? or No, I had none to do. Dude, it was just like we had an intimacy with God in that group. And we can have that. Have you ever prayed with people like that, y'all? Anyone? Yeah. That's, there's plenty of time for public prayer. In fact, we were told in Ephesians, pray in all ways. Have all kinds of prayer. On your knees, on your face, on your seat. Loud prayer, quiet prayer, private prayer, public prayer, all of that. But in here, he's kind of saying, if you ain't been praying in private, don't be praying in public. Get, get, get your relationship with God down right. When you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray. To, and that was actually that, in context, was like a storage room. How many of y'all got a shed? <laughs> you got a shed that gets hot back there, right? Go, go in your shed, close the shed, and go pray in the shed. You know, you all live in a fifth wheel, right? All y'all live in fifth wheels and stuff. Y'all got like a little compartment where you store stuff. Just go crawl in there and go pray in there. That's what he said. Go buy Jesus in there pretty good. I'm just saying. But he says, go, go get alone. Go spend some time with you and God alone. And he says, pray to your father who is in, in, in secret. And he says, your father who sees in secret will reward you. He already knows what you want. So a lot of people say, well, why do I pray? If God already knows what I want, And then why do I even tell him? Anybody got an answer for that? Karen, if he already knows what you want, he already knows what you're going to say ahead of time. In fact, he's the one even feeding you those prayers. That's what spirit-filled prayer is. Why do we pray? Obedience, uh, obedience because this is how God chose for us to have a relationship with him. Man, the Old Testament priest how often could they go? and spend time, have intimacy with God Almighty once a year. And it wasn't even intimacy, it was fear, terror. When Jesus died and the veil of the temple was ripped open, it gave us access to the Holy of Holies, and we can come boldly now. What a privilege to talk to God Almighty. So we pray because he said to, but we pray because it brings us to heaven. It gets our perspective on God's perspective instead of our own. When you talk to your other buddies, when you're texting, oh, yeah, well, well, that's a horizontal perspective. Master the heavenly uplook as opposed to the earthly outlook. A man named George Mueller said that. Go look up George Mueller and read his books. They're about 90 cent on Amazon, and they're phenomenal. He was around when the Great Awakenings were happening, and the man knew how to pray. Ran orphanages, and God told him, when you run this orphanage, as an aristocrat that now just canned your aristocracy. Is that a good word? And now that you're going to be working with these poor people and not helping, you know, not saving all your wealth for you and keeping the classes separate. Man, God says, I want you now to not even tell anybody what you need except me. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't, that's the way God wants everybody. That was a deal God made with him. And he ran orphanages. I mean, he could have probably gone to other people, but he ran orphanages only telling only telling God what he needed. And miracle after miracle after miracle happened. Go read George Mueller. Go read it. It's good stuff. He'll teach you how, how he had a relationship with God and how to pray and it'll blow you away. I love reading that. But God sees it. Man, the intimacy you have with God, the, the, the excitement that you have. Have you ever walked out of a prayer session with God and life was just different? It should be. All right, I'm encouraged. All right, I'm excited. It doesn't the, Facebook doesn't do that for you. Even reading a book doesn't do that for you. I'm just saying, dude, that prayer, that intimacy with God Almighty is crucial. So then he goes on in this and he says, when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, you know, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, uh, saying, the same thing. our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will. our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, our father, which i in... uh, no, that No, in fact, he's, we're going to go into that in a minute. But he's telling you not to do that. Instead, I mean, it's intimacy. You have an intimate relationship with an almighty living God. So he says, don't, don't heap up empty phrases. In fact, I think King James says vain repetitions. Vain repetitions, just saying the same old thing. In fact, I read a quote last night, said that, I forget even who said it, but, you know, all of us have a pet prayer. Anybody have a pet prayer? Something you say all the time? He said, when well, we can can our pet prayer and really just talk from our heart to God, and we then begin to really pray. I challenge you, whenever you catch yourself with your pet prayer, elaborate with God. Start elaborating, start talking. Talking more and develop that intimacy. Hey, what if your husband or your wife always said the same, hey Brad, do you always just say the exact same thing to Julie all the time, man? Pretty much, Pretty much yeah. <laughs> if you want to spice up that relationship, <laughs> Talk to God and tell God, tell her what God's telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say the same thing. If you do say the same thing, oh, your hair is exceptionally curly today. Now I'm like, well, thanks. I was trying to straighten it. No, no but or, or you say the same thing, it, it kind of loses its value, doesn't it? Uh, and God wants more than that. And I think if we get in that relationship with God, then we have that same relationship spilling out in our relationship with others, also. Julie, does he always say the same thing to you? Well, I'm just glad he says something to me. But no, no, sorry. I'm messing with you. But literally, for intimacy, man, you're noticing new things. You're discovering new things. Because life is dynamic. It's not stagnant. And especially in your relationship with God. And when you pray, do not heap empty phrases over and over and over and over and over again, as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. They think the more they can... Have you ever had a kid? Uh, Alana. Oh my goodness. Is that... Why are you like rolling your eyes, man? Alana. Dude, Alana, does she ever repeat herself? And how often does she repeat herself? Until you obey, right? Yeah. It's like, snack, 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 snack. I want a snack. I want a snack. I want a snack. I want a snack. It was like, and anything you, yeah. And there is something about being persistent. Jesus does have illustration about that, about being persistent, you know, in all of that, but not obnoxious. I'm just, I love a lot, but yeah, she is, she is the ultimate repeater and she's got you trained. You know, if you're busy, she's going to keep saying it just in case you missed it the first 12 times, you know, and she's got it and she's going to start go till she gets a snack. Well, you know, again, God does want us to be persistent, but you can change it up a bit. I want a snack. I want a chocolate cookie. Oh, how about one of these? How about if she just started grabbing stuff out of the thing and started bringing in show and you're like, okay, I will take care of this now, right? But again, God doesn't want us to just vainly repeat things to him. He wants us to have an intimate conversation with him. All right, so look at this. He said, don't be like them. Your father knows what you need before you even ask. But he wants you to pray to develop that intimacy. He wants that intimacy with you and he's going to lead you in prayer. That's what spirit-filled prayer is, is getting, letting the Holy Spirit direct your prayer, helping you translate what you really want, what you need, what needs to go on. Because how many of you ever go into prayer and you don't even have a clue what you want to pray about? You just know you need to pray. You don't really know what the solution is. God, I don't know. And my friends don't know and they don't. God, you know, help me, God. So he says, pray then like this. Y'all help me out with this prayer. Our Father. Mm. I was waiting to see how many King James of y'all with that had that last little part in there, the doxology. But, I'm just, but seriously, so there's a prayer. We all know that. Do, do you need an outline? Did I need to print an outline of that prayer for any of y'all? Did y'all know? How many of y'all know that prayer? Do you understand that prayer is a beautiful outline as to how Jesus taught his disciples to pray? It's not just a prayer we're supposed to just say over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. And so he just told us not to do that. What he wants us to do is pray. Look what he says. Pray then like this. Use it as your model. Stop at each point and think about what this part means and what this part means. Go through the whole thing. Dude, if you went through the whole thing and you took your time and prayed about each little piece, you would be like James. They called him old camel knees because it was always on his knees. It would take you an hour, two hours at least to just pray through the whole thing, spending time. Most people don't even think they could spend two hours praying if they had the time, because man, I, I don't even know what I'd pray about. This is a great outline. You can go through this prayer and let God pick pieces of it out for you. So he says, pray then like this. Look at this. Our Father. Hey, what do y'all take from our Father? Anybody help me out? Our Father, what? He's our Father. He's our father. That's good. All right. Anybody want to elaborate on that? No. <laughs> our Father. What, what do you think, He's creator. Yeah, he, Father, he's the creator, the originator of all of that. What do y'all take from the word are. What do you take from, Selma, what do you take from O-U-R? R. All right, how, how about this? It, it, you're you're oxen in your boat, right? Is it, it's my boat. It's Selma's boat. Is, is that? Yeah. God's working on you on this. Could you do it by yourself, just yelling? If you got you're life, you're like yelling, row, row. It, it, it's our boat, right? It's the one in charge, <laughs> right? Okay. So, what's the difference between R and my? And and do you? How many people on that boat do you need? Yeah, like in your your last races, you're like, oh, these guys aren't very good. We can kick a few. I don't need nearly as many rowers. There. We'll just do this with three guys, you know. We'll. No, you need every one of them. How many of y'all are needed in the kingdom? How many of y'all know you have a starting position in this kingdom? man an awesome position it's you know this is something that I've missed for a long time our father how many of y'all can say our father how many y'all, let me see your hands if, if you can say our father yeah and, and again I've even taught in the past to say my father because I do want you to make it personal but what benefit is there in knowing that you we are all brothers and sisters in Christ and is there a benefit in that? Yeah what's the benefit? Family, and family's crucial. Dude, the other night, when I walked out of that emergency, out of the operating room, when they took her back in the operating room, and I walked out and I saw family. I saw family. And so many times, and then I heard texts, and I got phone calls, and different people. There's family. We're in this together. And, and don't ever forget this. In fact, in this prayer, if you notice, there's no singular. Everyone's talking about pronouns, right? <laughs> Y'all want a pronoun? Here's pronoun, R we this is our we're there's no singular pronouns in this prayer anywhere and what a difference what if it's like my father in heaven this is what i want and this is who i and god i just can't have this man she's in my lazy boy recliner and and, and this is my space and this is what i normally do and this is what my 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 Whoa, whoa, whoa what's wrong with that sophie is there anything wrong with that is that very spiritual no because whose father is it Our father and God has put each of us and in in a situation where we work together for the kingdom. He says we're even like a body. We're like a body. Hey, Devin, is Devin still here? Oh, Duder. Nicholas. Yeah, I was just seeing if y'all were still awake. All right. Nicholas. Hey, put your hands up, man. You're a pilot, right? Both hands. Put hands up. Which which hand do you not want? Really? <laughs> you just be a right-handed pilot, man. No, you need both of them, right? And as parts of the and on your hands, which finger do you want? Which finger can we just cut off right now that you don't need? No, you ever stub your toe? You ever have a back injury? You ever? I mean, dude, every part of the body's important. And so when we start with this prayer, our Father, start thinking, especially if you're feeling alone. Anybody ever get Satan where he makes you feel alone? You're all alone. You're the only one in this. You're being picked on. You're, 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 it's me. And you look at the very first part and see our Father, you are part of a valuable body. And how long, hey Scott, how long are you going to be with all these brothers and sisters in Christ? Forever. Look around this room and see if there's anybody in this room that you're thinking, dude, I'm going to be forever with that person? (laughs) How many of y'all need to be changed? Because that ain't changing. <laughs> You're going to be with them forever. So how many of y'all have a riff with another brother or sister in Christ? I don't want to see your hands necessarily, but how many of y'all are like, oh, I switched churches so I wouldn't have to see them. Well, that's only going to work for a little while because, dude, they're going to be in heaven and God's going to have them bunk with you. <laughs> that's what prayer is right now. I mean, when we have a problem with somebody, when are we supposed to get it taken care of? As quick as possible. Don't even bring your offering to me until you take care of all of that. But you got to do it through prayer. And so when you see that, our Father, it's supposed to be an encouragement that you are part of a bigger body. You're not alone. That's what society does to, get, to be able to dominate people is to separate them and get them isolated. That's what animals do. That's how they kill things. Dude, we are part of a body and if we can remember what unites us, then then we can live successfully. Amen? Our Father. This is my position. This is how I remember it. My position. Everybody say position. Position. So you look at the first part and think about my position. Father. Can everybody call God their father? Claudia. Now that I know you and Kurt's names, Claudia and Kurt, right? They drive the yellow vehicle out there. Everybody say, hey, Claudia and Kurt. They've been coming for about a month now, but Uh, And they said, oh, that doesn't mean you can pick on us now. Well, yeah, it does. But anyways, now comes the next phase of if we don't scare you off, welcome to the family. All right. So, but anyways, uh, my father, can everybody in the universe, when they come in, can everybody say my father, that God is their father's, everybody, God's child. Woo. Y'all hang on. Any of y'all read the book of Romans? When we come into this world, we're actually enemies of God. Not everybody's a child of God. In fact, Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he thought because he was a Jew, he was okay. I'm a Jew. Dude, I'm a Pharisee. Dude, I'm a child of God. And Jesus said, you must be what? Born again. That's what scripture teaches. You have to be born again to be a child of God. In fact, I'm going to throw something very hard at you and don't shoot the messenger. Go read the book of Romans. You're a child of Satan if you're not born again. And you go read Luke. We're going to see him try to tell the Pharisees and tell people you're either a child of God because you've been born again or you're a child of Satan because you are not. You're a child of this world. Now, children, babies... We believe they go to heaven before some age of accountability, before innocence and so on, because they don't know the difference between right and wrong based on something that happened with David. And we believe they're innocent at that point. But once you know the difference between right and wrong, you know the consequences of it. Man, go read the book of Romans, y'all. Read it completely. And it said, man, Christ loved us. He paid the price for us while we were his enemies. That's why you have to be born again. There's only two kinds of people in the world according to the Word of God. So if you are born again, if at some point you have said, man, I am a sinner, and I understand that my sin has earned me a free trip to hell. The wages of sin is death. That's Romans 6.23. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, Him being our Lord, because I'm born again. man. You, you're, when you're born again because you realize you needed to be because you were going to bust hell wide open because you couldn't pay for your sin and the only one who could pay for it was Christ, and you get born again, now you can say, what's the first two words again, y'all? Our Father. That's the Bible, y'all. Don't shoot the messenger. You go read it yourself. That's what you're supposed to do. God forbid you end up in the wrong place because you've been listening to other people, including me. You go read it yourself. Go be a Berean. You study it. But that is Romans 6.23, the wages of sin. What are wages? wages are, what, do you, what are wages? Payment. Payment. For working on building bridges, I get a paycheck. That's my wages. What you earn from being a sinner, having a sin. Na- How many have, is there anybody here that's never sinned? oh, please raise your hand because that would be your first sin. You'll be a liar. <laughs> I'm just saying. We've all sinned. Sin is not only doing the wrong thing. It's not, I'm telling Keone right now, hey, well, I didn't do anything wrong. Well, did you do the right thing? No. Well, that's sin. If you didn't do, the, if you weren't doing the right thing, you're doing the wrong thing, even though it's not a bad thing. That's how sin is defined. The wage is what you earn from not doing the right thing, from not being perfect, is you earn eternal death. But the gift of God Hey, what's the difference, Ellie, between a gift and wages? Oh, it's free. So what if I say, Ellie, man, everything in this backpack, there is everything in this backpack that you would need to survive in the city, in the swamp, to harvest your own food, to cook your own food, to, man, and I know how much you're into all that. But Ellie, there's everything you need for survival, and I want to give it to you. If I wanted to give it to you, what would you have to do? Just take it. What if I chased you around your whole life with it, saying, Ellie, take it, take it, take it, and you never took it, would it be yours? No. no. All right, so what if there's just tons. I'm not going to tell you how valuable everything is in here. But what if I told you, Ellie, I'm going to give it to you, but I need you to clean all the cheese out from this one. I need you to clean all the cheese out, and you have to do it with your fingernail. No, Would that still be a gift? No, definitely wouldn't be a good Would it be a good deal? If you knew what was in here, it would be a good deal. Some of y'all are like, no, it would never be a good deal. <laughs> but, but listen, if you had to do anything for it, it's not a good, it's, it's a deal. It's not a gift. So he says, man, you've earned a free trip to hell, but the gift of God is eternal life. Not eternal death, eternal separation. It's eternal life. And it's through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that's the whole message of the entire Bible. Man needs to be redeemed. And so, man, if you have not been redeemed, if right now you're arguing with me inside, man, maybe you're going to stand up and argue with me. Maybe you're like, can't, you, you know, what about, what about. Man, that is the Holy Spirit of God wrestling with you right now. Praise God he's doing that because if you don't get born again, then you have eternal death. You must be born again. And once you are, then now this prayer means something. You can now say, man, my father, he's my father. He's my father in heaven. And, 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 and he's not just my father, he's our father. I'm now part of a bigger body of support. I would not have wanted to go through any of what I went through last week. And I didn't go through nearly as much as Emily is going through. Please pray for her right now. But the only way you can get through this is with a bigger body and the support from a bigger body with everything we're doing. So my father, it's my position. How many of y'all are pretty sure you can say he's my father because you've given your life to him? Yeah. If you're wrestling with that right now, go home, read those scriptures, call me. I'll give you my phone number, 772-323-5563. Man, go, I'll give it to you after church, whatever you want. I'd love to talk to you about it. But you've got to be born again. My father in heaven. Man, what difference? Uh, I I don't have a father on this earth, but my father on this earth, he would do almost anything for me, right? Hey, Sean, what would you do for your kids? Whatever you thought was right, whatever you could do, man, you're a good father, and you would love to do that for your kids, but are there some limitations that you have? Yeah. Do you love your kids? Hey, Sean, your dad love you you know he loves you? I don't want a church answer, dude. I'm just saying, do you know he loves you? Yeah. He's proved it that he loves you. Can you imagine the fact that God the Father loves you more than you love your kids? Think about that. How many of y'all love your kids? How many of y'all hate your kids when we have a prayer uh, intervention for you? No, I'm just like, not sometimes. But literally, think about this, how much you love your kids. Abby, is there anything you wouldn't do? Oh, man, are you, could you be a mama bear at some point? Somebody starts picking on Marley or Maverick? What's happening? Look at that cute little smile she's got back there, dude. What do you think her face and countenance would be if you started picking on her two little boys? Different size little boys, Marley. <laughs> dude, She's going mama bear. Can you imagine? I had this discussion with numerous people this week that this is what's been blowing me away. That God the Father loves me more than I love my kids. And He knows what's best. That's why I've asked them, why the heck did you do this? <laughs> Anybody ever done that? Why? If you love me more than I love my kids and you could do anything, why did you choose this? So, what's the answer to that? Why did God choose that for you? Because He loves you. And you gotta trust the fact that whatever He chose for you and whatever it is that's going on. It is for his glory, and it's for your good. He loves you too much to leave you the way you're at. Man, I wouldn't have chose to let Emily get cut with a surfboard fin, but my heavenly father did, and he loves her more than I love her. Can you even fathom that, Spencer? I I can't even fathom it, but that's the only way we're going to fathom it is through prayer. Prayer talking to our heavenly father about it and letting him show us all the reasons maybe he can't maybe we can't understand him maybe he just teaches us how better to trust him so in this when you talk about the the lord's prayer you start out with our father so what are some things you think about you think about your position if you're born again you're a child of god you have a position that you didn't have before and how long does that position last for hey phil how long does that position last for forever, forever. can anybody take it from you like, a, like an RV spot? You ever pull up to an RV spot and they're like, hey, dude, I made reservations months ago. And they're like, yeah, sorry, dude, someone's in it. Can they take it from you like that? No, it's forever. Man, anybody find security in that? Yeah. Man, there's, a, there's where our security is. My father... So when you're praying this prayer, man, if you don't have to pray, just start, My Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Man, my Father, I have a position in heaven. I, 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 yeah, I have a position in heaven. I have a fa- I'm a position with, with God Almighty. I'm his child in heaven, which means his resources are unlimited. There's nothing I need that he can't provide for me. Can your earthly father say that? No. There's some things we can't provide, but he can provide it all. So when you dwell on this, that's what the old-time reformers used to do. When they would pray this prayer, they'd use it as an outline. My Father, which art in heaven, they would stop and think about every little aspect of this prayer, and they would pray through it, and they would come out as different people. It's called praying the rounds. My Father. So the P word for that is position, okay? Help me out. We're going to bust through the rest of this real quick. My Father, that's our position. Everybody say position. All right. In heaven, that's his power, okay? So my father is what? My position in heaven is his power. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. That's praise. When you just stop and think about the fact of God is your father, and you've got an eternal home in heaven, and he wants to have intimacy with you, and, and you think about, he can take care of anything and everything that you would ever need. That's it through his power. How can you not praise him? And if you start praising him, what if you're in the middle of a pity party? You ever been in the middle of a pity party? Oh, no, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt's been in the middle of a pity party, right? And if he were to start praising God, what would happen? He'd have to leave his pity party, right? It changes, So look how this prayer can change. You just start thinking about what you have eternally in your position, what he could do here if he wanted to. And because he's omniscient, omnipresent, he's he's, he's man and omnipotent, he can do anything. And so through his power, he could provide whatever you need. You've got to praise him. And that's the best thing you can do in any of this. So we start out with this prayer. Think about this when you pray this this week. Think about, about your position, think about his power, and think about praising him. All right? um super quick we'll hit this next part your kingdom come look at that your kingdom come so hey wait wait a minute now what about me when do i get to ask about you know my kingdom coming and me getting to do this and me all the things i normally pray about look what he says we're supposed to think about right away his kingdom coming man that's him coming one day he's going to have an eternal kingdom on this planet the next thing that happens to us y'all you know, what's the next thing we get raptured it, unless you're post uh, mid-trip, then you get to go through part of the tribulation period. But I believe we're going to get raptured next. That's the next thing. And when we get raptured, y'all, where are we going? Heaven. And, and we're going to be caught up in the air. And what are we going to be doing for seven years while this world's going through a tribulation period? What are we going to be doing? A wedding. A wedding. We're going to have a wedding with Christ. And, and, and whether you don't like weddings or not, dude, you're going to love this wedding. Seven-year wedding with Christ. While well, the earth is going through the worst time that it's ever gone through. And there's reasons for that. He's got to destroy it because he's going to make it new in all of that. And then after that seven years, hey, what happens next? He basically cleans up there a little bit. What does he do? Well, where are we going to be now? For a thousand years, we're going to be on a perfect planet with a perfect body. Barb. You looking forward to that perfect body? I mean, you take pretty good care of the one you got now. But are you looking forward to a perfect body? Have you ever in your whole life ever been on a perfect planet with a perfect body? No. That's what we're going to have for a thousand years. So this is what we got next. We've got we've got the marriage supper lamb. We've got a, a thousand year reign with him. And then after that thousand year reign, you go read the last couple chapters of Revelation. What happens is that everybody goes to their eternal home, the eternal judgment, eternal. Uh, Victory, whichever one you're at. And we are now going to be in a brand new heaven with a brand new earth. And forever we get to go back and forth, whatever God wants. Anybody cool with that? Yeah, that's what's coming next. This is just such a short period of time. Look what he says. That's supposed to encourage us. But wait. I've only got, I haven't finished calculus yet, right? Are y'all pretty upset about that? I haven't got my degree yet. Oh, wait, I haven't got married yet, or I haven't done this yet. No, dude, you're in love with this world. Here's what he says. Man, first of all, I want you to think of your position with me as your heavenly father. I want you to think about all the power I have as your heavenly father. And I want you to praise me because of that. Next, I want you to think about my kingdom, Man, seek first. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33. later. This is Matthew 6. At the end, he says, you seek first. Seek only, seek always the kingdom of God and my righteousness. And everything you need will be added unto you. So our priority is supposed to be focused on what? His kingdom. That's what he throws in the prayer right there. But man, you start talking about kingdom stuff to people and like, oh, you're doomsday. Oh, you're like, blah, blah, blah. no, dude. This is our blessed hope. I'm not looking forward to anything getting better on this planet. I'm digging what's here. I'm digging what's here and I'm going to have fun. But you know what, man? I am looking forward to his kingdom. Your kingdom come. Now look at this next part. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in heaven, is anybody sinning? Hey, Scott, is anybody sinning in heaven? Nobody's sinning in heaven, right? That's what he's saying. Just the way everybody's doing what you want them to do, God, on this planet. I mean, in heaven that's what we should be praying for here on this planet that's our purpose so god's got a plan which is his kingdom we have a purpose you know what's your purpose oh i want to know my purpose in life what's the meaning of life what's my purpose your purpose is to do what god wants you to do the way they're doing it in heaven so when we pray this prayer we start off we're like oh god thank you for saving me and letting me have this position with you I'm so grateful you have all power and can have all these provisions. Whatever it is I need, whatever you provided, man, by your will, I praise you for this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. I'm grateful you have a plan, God. You have a plan. And I have a purpose in your plan. My purpose in your plan is to do on earth what they're doing in heaven. So I do that through prayer. The more I'm hanging out with you in prayer, the more I know what you want me to do with every situation you bring in life. And bring you glory and become more like you. So now we get to the point where we usually start, right? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as heaven. Now, what's the next part? Give me, give me, give me, right? (laughs) How many of y'all got some things you need from God right now? But I think if you can go through some of this other stuff first, I think this part will change a little bit. Or we become a little more patient. Um... We become more grateful. He changes things, but these are our provisions. Give us this day our daily bread. We need provisions to fulfill our purpose in his plan, right? So you see how the prayer works? We start off with talking about our position. You ever say position? Help me out. We're almost done. I promise, man. Just Humor me. Help me out. What's the first part? Our Father? Position. Which art in heaven? Power. Hallowed be thy name. Praise him. Uh, Thy kingdom come. That's his plan. Um, uh, Thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. That is our purpose in his plan. Give us this day our daily bread. That's our provisions. So just possibly, what if you're asking for provisions that have nothing to do with your purpose in his plan? And you're wondering why they're not getting answered. It would be cool if you could take your prayer request. And you could word them in such a way that God would be glorified if He answered them. God, I, I need this because this is, you know. God, I need a place to park my RV during this hurricane. So I'm from Pennsylvania, and I don't. And God took it easy on you, sister. I'm just saying. What is it, Cindy? Was that your name? Cindy. Yeah. Everybody say, "Hey, Cindy." Hi. All right. All right. It's our first time. We're trying to scare her off too. Man, it's all good. All right. But man, I need a place. Why did you need a place to park your RV? Because I came down here to serve God. So here's you need provisions to fulfill your purpose in his plan. Are you helping to further the kingdom of God with this? So yeah, dude, is there great confidence when you can now look at your, your request and say, yeah, God, I need this so that we can do this. This is what I believe you want me doing. And if it's part of being in your kingdom. As opposed to, hey, God, make all this work so I can just be more comfortable. <laughs> that may be okay, but... Really, if you start looking for provisions that help you fulfill your purpose in His plan, I think you'll see a lot more prayers get answered. Again, we go in detail about all of these, but we're not. So, one, our fathers are what? Our position, which art in heaven, is? Hallowed be thy name, is? Thy kingdom come, that's God's. Thy will be done on earth as in heaven, my purpose. Give us this day our daily bread. Provisions I need to fulfill my purpose in His plan. Last but not least, and these are the ones we hate. These are the ones we hate. And forgive us our debts, or trespasses, or sins. Okay, so forgive me those those debts. So, how many of y'all ever wronged somebody? Ann, did you wrong somebody? Bob, has she wronged you today already? No, you wouldn't even say it. But I'm just saying, man. We. Were. So the first part is the first part is God forgive me where I have wronged somebody. Ooh, man, we don't even like to think about that, do we? I, I want to think. I, I got if I can spend more time thinking about how many times people have wronged me instead of how many times I've wronged them, then I come out better on the deal, right? Isn't that where we stay a lot of times? Uh, but here, this prayer forces us. Everything you need in your spiritual life can be answered and accomplished and done in this prayer. Man, my father, oh, I'm saved. All right, so all that matters now is I represent you here. Uh, men in heaven whatever I need you've determined my the will for your will for my life by what you provided and what you're going to provide man I just got to praise you man, your kingdom's coming and that's where we live forever. Aren't you glad this is in your home? Yes, that kingdom come. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh my goodness, that's my purpose. What do I do in this situation? Well, what does God want me to do in this situation? I don't know. Maybe I should pray some more and find out what God wants me instead of just doing it. But man, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's my purpose in your plan, God. Okay, so God, in order to do this, I need this. This is what I need. So God, here's what I need. These are the provisions I need to fulfill my purpose in your plan. And God says, well, first of all, what you need to do is you need to go ask for forgiveness where you offended somebody. Oh, wait, wait, no, 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 no. That's where we draw the line. Forgiveness. And we could talk a lot about that, but you deal with that. And I'll talk more if you want me to at some other point. But forgiveness for our debts where we have forgiven other people. Because you understand, when we have an offense with somebody else, especially another believer in the kingdom... That hinders our community, our fellowship with God Almighty. If we have an offense with somebody, if we've offended somebody, we need to go to them and ask them, Have we offended, offended you? And in what way have I offended you? And you need to tell me. In fact, Matthew, uh, Matthew 18 later, he said, If someone offends you, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Go to them, you passive-aggressive people, that instead, oh no, I'm holy and righteous. I don't want to cause any trouble. No, if you've been offended, you go to them. I've seen more troubles in 30-something years of pastoring by you not going to them. But instead, you and your whole little posse get together. and Oh man, we have roast so-and-so right there. And they've done this, they've done this. When, you know what I've also found? That if somebody would have gone to somebody... I would say 90% of the the problems would have been solved. They're misunderstandings. But nobody wants to admit they're wrong. But nobody's gonna admit they're wrong until somebody goes to somebody. That's why he puts us in this prayer. Down here, he says, now you really wanna know how how to do what I want you to do? I want you to go to them and say, if I've offended you, man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Maybe I did mean to and I need to change. But man, I just want you to forgive me for offending you. How I many of y'all find that real easy to do? How many y'all find it? I was... What's the word? I was... Spencer, I mean... I, wrong! Do you like saying you're wrong? Oh, okay. Sorry, man. <laughs> I was wrong. So the first part, forgive us our debts, where I've offended somebody. You know, God, forgive me for doing the wrong thing and going to them and taking care of this is my pardon. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Uh, That's the second part. So the first part is you getting forgiveness for the things you've done wrong. The second part is now you going and trying to have reconciliation with the people that have offended you. How many of y'all would rather hold on to a grudge? Oh, you know you would. Come on. You know you would because then that's your ace in a hole. That's your ace in a hole, brother. If you don't play poker, you don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm just saying, that's your ace in a hole. If I got a grudge, dude, you know what? Whenever I want to act however I want, I just pull that little ace out of the hole and I got permission now because I've been offended. Well, again, Matthew 18 says, go to them for the purpose of reconciliation you know, go to them and try to work things out. So in this, so we start off with our father. That's, that's, that's my position, which art in heaven. That's his power. Hallowed be thy name. We praise him. Woo. So far this prayer is awesome. Isn't it? Oh, your kingdom's coming. We're going to live in heaven one day. And, uh, and, and so that kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth. As in heaven. Okay. God, I want to do what you want me to do. That's what I want to do. Just like they're doing in heaven. And so give me this day. Give me the provisions. I need to fulfill my purpose in your plan. And he says, okay, one of the provisions is pardon. You need to pardon those that you've offended and pardon and be pardoned by those that have offended you. Try to work things out in reconciliation. And by the way, we've talked about before, forgiveness and reconciliation are two different things. We don't have time, but these are things for you to think about as you pray. I do believe that if you say, Okay, Holy Spirit, show me somebody I've offended. How many of y'all think he'd show you somebody? Yeah. How many of y'all think, Holy Spirit, show me somebody that's offended me? Woo, how many of y'all can raise your hand? Oh, yeah. And that's what the purpose of this prayer is. I don't have to give y'all the theology behind it. Just pray and say, God, let me reconcile things. Because, hey, how long? Brad, how long are you going to be with these people? If they're believers, you're going to be with them forever. You better figure out how to get along with them now. I'm just saying. But God says, man, we should have peace in our family with this. So that's the pardon part. And then the very next part, look at this, and we finish. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Some say the evil one. That's protection. How many of y'all pray for protection for yourself? How many of y'all know that you're vulnerable to, this, to the same temptations over and over again? But instead, I ain't nobody got time for this. Nobody got time to pray. Nobody got time to do this. And you just walk in and you get blindsided over and over and over by the same situation. He said, man, God, lead me not into temptation. And God doesn't lead us in temptation. He leads us in tests. God does the testing. The devil does the tempting. We do the trusting. So God, let me see. Please help me avoid this today. But if I do encounter this today, please let me realize you've given me victory already to succeed in this instead of just getting blindsided again and then going, oh, I can't believe I did that. Lead me not in faith. Be prepared, be on guard. And he says, and God, I'd love it if you just kept me from all evil. God, let me see, Terry's favorite line, let me just sit on the spiritual couch and eat bonbons. I'm totally cool with that. Just let it be. But God says, Terry, I love you too much to do that. I want to continue to make you more like me so you can show your girls who I am. And so all the angels can rejoice. Oh my goodness, did you see Terry do that? That's you, God, that's not him. And we all get to celebrate it. So lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So here it is, super quick, we're done. But think about this prayer. I wanna challenge you later, pray this prayer, but stop in each of the parts. Sam, help me out. All right. Our Father, what's the P word? My position. Which art in heaven, that's his power. Hallowed be thy name. Good, you got that already. Kelly, help me out with this next part. Thy kingdom come. God has a plan. Oh my goodness, that's so hard. God has a plan. Thy kingdom. Come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is your Purpose in his plan. Now, give me this day my daily bread. That's the provisions I need to fulfill my purpose in your plan, God. And that's how we pray. Last part in this man, who can I pick on now? Come on, somebody. Who wants to? Who's got the answers for this? This last part. Look at you guys all looking down, right? Barb, how about you? Man. Forgive me my debts. I I, I didn't really emphasize this a lot, but it's pardon, right? So there's a forgive me my debts as I forgive those who have trespassed against me. That's pardon. We have to have that pardon in our life. And then the last P word, what's the last one? Cindy Cup, what's the last one? Protection. Yeah, so we pray for all of that. So take this prayer and do what Jesus wants you to do with this prayer and use it as an outline and develop that intimacy with him. Let's pray. Father, thanks for loving us. Father, um, I I think you took this all in circles somewhere, but I know yesterday as I was sitting in the hammock because I couldn't sit in my Lazy Boy recliner. And I'm not bitter about that at all. (laughs) Because you're working on me on so many things. It's not about me. Oh, and I know all these possibilities It's people, Father, they're condemning me because I'm making it all about me and they never do that. I know they don't. But Father, as I was in that hammock yesterday, studying to continue with Ephesians, you wanted me to teach this little simple outline on this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, which means simply the the prayer prayer the Lord taught his disciples to pray because everything they needed in their spiritual walk and their intimacy With God the Father is found in this prayer. If anyone knows what it's like to have intimacy in a human body with a holy, righteous God, it's you, Jesus. And we're grateful that you gave us the key to that. So, Father, I pray just right now that for those that are saved, that right now they would think about their position. And the fact that they're in this position in a big family. Would you just do that for a moment? Just bow your heads, close your eyes. We don't usually do this, but man, would you right now just say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to know about my position as a believer? Encourage me about this. If maybe you're not encouraged and you need to give your life to Christ, I want to encourage you to do that. But just think about your position in the big, beautiful family you have in Christ. It's worldwide. Think about his power. What is it that you need that he could instantly do if he chose to right now? But since he hasn't chosen to do it, it means it doesn't need to be done. Accept that. And would you praise him for that? Hallowed be your name. Would you praise him? That kingdom come. Think about what it's going to be like. Seven year honeymoon. I know there's going to be food, man. a thousand years on a perfect planet with a perfect body. Ain't none of us seen that before. Would you let him get you excited about that? That's his plan. But now we have a purpose here. And that is to represent him. God, what is it that you want to change? What is it you want me to keep doing? What is it you don't want me doing? What is it I need to do to be like the people in heaven. He's only going to give you one thing. And then ask for the provisions to be able to pull that off. Say, God, that's what I need. Would you take a second and ask God, say, Holy Spirit, show me somebody that I have offended that I need to go apologize to. Oh, I know some of y'all are fighting that right now. Just ask the Holy Spirit to show you who that is. And if you want to be like the people in heaven, you'll go and do that. There's a vision you need. Say, God, give me the opportunity and the wisdom and the ability to be able to not only forgive them or get forgiveness from them, but even have the desire for that. Would you ask the Holy Spirit right now to show you somebody that has offended you? They could even be dead. Would you forgive them? Say, Lord, I know that what they did was not as bad as what I have done to you. You have forgiven me of so much more. Give me the ability to forgive them And last but not least, would you ask the Holy Spirit to show you your weakness, your vulnerable area, an area where you keep getting tripped up? Just reveal it to you. Maybe you don't even know you have one. It's what's called a blind spot. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you, where is it that I'm so easily tripped up? God, will you keep me from that situation if you can? Or if your desire is for me to be kept away? But, God, if I'm in the middle of that, help me to realize it's for me to tap into your grace and do what you want me to do and overcome it. Help me to not get blindsided, but to ask you for provisions. To fulfill my purpose in your plan while I'm here. Father, thank you for this prayer. I pray this prayer would become more real to each of us as we implement in our lives because everything we need in our Christian life is found in this prayer. That's why you, Christ, gave it to your disciples to give to us. And again, I pray for somebody who doesn't know they're your child that they would nail it down by surrendering everything they know about themselves, everything they know about you. You'd give them the grace to do that. And for those of us that are, help us thrive like you did on this planet in intimacy with you through prayer. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.